before I start, you're going to hear an audio. Absolutely adore the living. They say it's time for it in a different house. It's a relief to have the garden so tidy now. Thank you. It does make such a difference. You are also love your non-gut which is rare vegetables. I feel really blessed to have helped. We really enjoyed helping out. Please pass on my sincere thanks to your church for the Morrison's vouchers just before Christmas. I was really struggling with Christmas and it made an enormous difference to me and the kids. We received the shopping voucher. Thank you so much. My mattress topper came and I hadn't slept so well in a long, long time. So a big thank you. I'm so humbled. For five years I hated this room and now I have thanks for smiling. Two years ago I had nowhere to go with debt. Help helping me from emotional to financial support. Cat moves the world to me. I really cannot express how grateful I am for all the financial and emotional support that you have given me. Thank you for the kind and successful voucher. You guys have given us an amazing Christmas to look forward to. Thank you all so much for all the hard work and kindness you put into doing this for me and my little family. I'm so happy with the washing machine. It works so well. Can't thank you enough. I'm so incredibly happy and thankful. Thanks to all the men and women who put in the effort to make that ugly space into a lovely swan of a home. I wish I had more than so much. Dear and made a tremendous impact on my living situation. We were given a very untidy, unfinished house and being heavily pregnant and without much funds, I was quite unhappy with my lot. I knew living in that unkept space would worsen my mental health, but that's when Dio entered our lives. They came in one weekend like a well-marshaled army. With their teas and biscuits and tools, my house changed. Then they came again with their measuring tapes, put up curtains, and my windows changed. And now my son finally has a room that has left both of us smiling. Cat came into our lives when I was neck deep in bills and had no way of getting them all sorted. Bill and Sarah offered advice, options, and really took us through what we needed to get out of debt, including budgeting and other money management strategies. Being faith-based, Bill and Sarah agreed with me, and that was significant because from then on, I started to believe that my situation can actually change. No one wants to be in debt and mortgage their future, and that prayer brought so much peace of mind. Through their work with Zia, it also covered the admin charge, in a few short weeks, my DRL was approved via email and I got a call from CAP one morning in early January to confirm that I was debt free. I now breathe and sleep a lot better knowing that I don't owe anyone and I can sort my life out financially going forward. Thank you CAP for changing my life. I'm debt-free. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that a wonderful thing to celebrate? And isn't it just lovely to hear what people who have received help feel about what's, 
about the, the, the help that they've received. It's blessed them immeasurably. And it's just lovely to be part of that. Later on, we're going to hear from some of the people who have been doing the helping. Um, and that'll be good as well, but more about that later. There's so much we could talk about when we talk about community. In fact, Matt, I think we could do a whole series just on community alone. But today, I just want to focus on how we engage with our community, whether we engage with our community, whether we should be engaging more with our community. But before I carry on with that, I'd just like us to pray, just for a moment. And by the way, I'm gonna take my glasses off because you look so great, and I can see you so clearly now, but I can't see my notes <laughs> and my glasses at the same time. So we'll do it this way. I can still see most of you anyway, certainly this front row. Father God, we just thank you that we have the opportunity to bless people. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us. You have blessed us immeasurably. And I pray, Lord, that as we continue this service, it won't be my voice that people hear. It'll be yours. It won't be what I've said that people remember at the end. It will be that you have spoken to them and they have heard and responded. So be in all that is said today in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right, well, this short talk, guess what it's called? Anyone worked it out? Um, any ideas? Well, it's called, Who Shall I Serve? And before I start, I'd just like to acknowledge that, that I've received some inspiration from a number of people in putting this together. One is a lady who you may or may not have never have heard of. She's a Canadian lady. Her name's Daniel Strickland. There's definitely some nodding at the front. She's a most amazing lady. She's an author. She's a justice advocate. She's an officer in the Salvation Army. And she speaks so much wisdom about how we should interact with the poor. But also, a pretty cool Zio guy also inspired me. And his name, he'll be really embarrassed to hear this, is James O'Donovan. Uh, and he's here, give him a round of applause, because he's inspired me today in some of what I'm going to be talking about. Some of it is my own work as well. I don't want you to think I've just plagiarised everything. But I really hope, above all else, that everything, every single thing I say, is found in this amazing book, the Holy Bible. Before I go on, can we have a moment of honesty? Is that all right in church? A moment of honesty. I'm gonna mention a few, few things and I want you to just reflect on how what I say makes you feel. What is your normal reaction? Drug addicts, alcoholics, Asylum seekers, prostitutes, gamblers, divorcees, the homeless, the boat people, chain smokers, bankrupts. Are you filled with love and compassion every time you hear those words? Or can we be honest and say, sometimes there might just be a little tinge of judgment on our behalf? Just means you're normal. It just means you're normal, but it's not good. All three of the, all of these people are in our community. Whatever community means to you, they're in our community. They're in your immediate family. They're in this church family. 
They're in our local community. They're in our national community and our international community. So they're all important to us, and they must be. Now there are many of us in the room, when we were younger, when we were teenagers, took a glass of beer or a glass of wine for the first time. Yep, I can see I'm right. Some of you even had a quick drag of a cigarette behind the bike sheds, yeah? Some of you may even have had a go at wacky backy or any other drugs when you were at a party in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, all right? But I can tell just by looking in your eyes that I'm actually not preaching to people who've always been good in everything. Do you know, when people take their first drink of alcohol, they can't, they're not saying, I can't wait to become an alcoholic. When people take their first drag of a cigarette, they're not saying, oh, I just can't wait till I'm addicted to nicotine. That's not what happens. These things just get hold of people. They change people's lives. The circumstances then happen as a result of that. Now, some of you here are fortunate that when you were younger, you were given or developed a very strong will to be able to say no to things that were gonna do you harm. Some of you weren't that fortunate. Some of you were, were born into families where there was a strong, strong influence within the family which stopped you doing things. That was, in, that was the family I was in. I was fearful of doing some of these things. I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing, but some of us were in those situations. So actually, the fact that we didn't become addicted, we can't necessarily take as something that I did myself. Many of our bad habits and bad choices and situations, even when we've overcome them, isn't just down to us. And some people aren't that fortunate. Challenges are always in our community. Now, I was fortunate, very fortunate, to be born in the United Kingdom. Did I have any choice in that? Did I have any involvement in that? But I was fortunate, as were many of you in this room, that you weren't born in the slums of a developing country. You didn't have anything to do with it. But it's by God's grace that you were fortunate. And we need to put away our pride and our, and our, you know, just that, I am so good. We need to put that aside and go, you know what? I'm fortunate. God has been wonderful to me. These challenges are in our com community. And what we need to be doing is responding to those challenges. And we should be saying this. Who shall I serve? Now, did you all enjoy the worship this morning? Wasn't it brilliant? Yeah? When he came in this morning, did somebody welcome you? Say hello. Yeah? Are you all looking forward to a cup of coffee at the end? Yeah? And a nice, some nice biscuits, even some fruit. You all looking forward to that? Yeah? Any of your children in the kids' group up the road? None of this happens without an army of volunteers. None of it happens without people saying, hey, 
Who shall I serve? These things don't happen. If the worship band didn't volunteer, you just have to listen to me speak. Wouldn't that be awful? Worse still, you may have had to listen to me sing. But people have been here since half eight this morning, getting ready for this service. The worship band have been practicing before. The, the welcome team have been setting up and they'll pack down at the end. We need to volunteer. We need volunteers. I don't believe that serving is an option for us as Christians. And I believe it's made very, very clear in the, in the Bible. And if you don't mind, I'm going to read some Bible verses to you. Is that okay in church? <laughs> These Bible verses don't need a lot of explanation. And in fact, one of them you've already heard this morning. I'm going to start from Galatians 6, verses 7 to 10. You'd think we'd have actually spoken about this beforehand. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Yes, we need to help each other. Yes, we need to help our own immediate family. Yes, we need to help the, fam the church family, but not exclusively. It's all people we should be helping. Romans 15 verses 1 to 2 from the message says this. I love this. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is convenient to us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 24, the NIV says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And the message in that, for that one says, we want to live well. And we do, don't we? We all want to live well. But our foremost effort should be to help others live well. So we should all be asking, who shall I serve? These don't need explanation, do they? There's such clarity in the gospel message. Philippians 2 verses 3 to 4 from the message and again I love this one don't push your way to the front don't sweet talk your way to the top put yourself aside and help others to get ahead don't be obsessed with letting with getting your own advantage forget yourself just long enough to lend a helping hand isn't that good that's what we're called to do. Now, before I speak further, we're going to hear from, from, from some other people who are actually already doing this. They're helping people normally. It is what they do. So I'm just going to invite Carlton and some friends to the platform. But just as they're coming up, we're just going to play another audio, and then I'll be coming back a little bit later, 
after these interviews. But when they come up, do give them a welcome. So, what's So wasn't, wasn't that great to hear from some of the volunteers who support our community within Zio? And I've got four more to speak to now. So please give a warm Zio welcome to Jennifer, Mark, Douglas and Paul. Now I know, I know we don't do this for recognition and applause, but um, there's some amazing work done, as John has already explained. Um, and I'd just like to ask these guys one or two questions, and I'd like to start with Mark. And Mark, you're especially welcome, because this is your first visit to Zio, isn't it? Yep, great, good, good. So, um, Mark, can I just ask you, because you and Douglas do the helping hands, uh, along with a big team of people with decorating and gardening, etc. Can I ask, why do you volunteer for helping hands? Is this on? Yes. Um, I knew I'd be stood next to the tallest man. <laughs> uh, it's inevitable. Uh, uh, why, why do I uh, get involved? Why, yes, why do you volunteer? Um, it goes back to John Draper, uh, who actually I think you should really nurture because everything he said there I thought was brilliant. Um, we used to work on a different project and I knew very similar and I knew that it had such an impact on people. Right. Uh, and right. although I'm not a person of faith, I liked the fact that it was practical, not judgmental, mm. and you could change someone's sort of immediate situation yeah. very, very quickly Definitely. by just painting a room that right. they couldn't, uh, couldn't deal with. Thank you, thank you. Can I just ask you as well, what do you get out of it personally? Um, it gets you up on a Saturday morning when you think... I could just stay in bed mm -hmm. and you know by the end of the day you'll be you'll really feel much better about things it puts things into perspective so your sort of one your first world problems that you're worrying about mm -hmm. like where's my John Lewis delivery <laughs> that all goes That's into uh, perspective um, it's good fun um, good. I'm a bit disappointed I always end up doing the skirting boards for some reason <laughs> uh, 
But the best thing about it is that it's a really good sort of team effort um, and is a great opportunity to really humiliate John. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Pass the mic. So, um, Douglas, obviously you paint the ceilings. Yep. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I just... No ladders needed. <laughs> can I just ask again, why do you volunteer for Helping Hands? Well, I actually kind of helped earlier on when Phil Jackson had a, led a team doing that, so that's probably going back five, six years or so ago for, for that. I've always kind of footed around in the gardens, so when it came to the opportunity to do that, I thought it's something I can kind of help out with. And um, with the people we kind of use, that everyone's got different kind of skills, so hopefully we're able to kind of nurture each mm. other and encourage each other as well, so I kind of get a lot out from, from that. Good. As Mark sort of said, sometimes you don't feel that enthusiastic to start, but actually going and working with uh, the rest of the team that, uh, I think last time we had about three teams kind of helping people. Mm. I wasn't even there because I was up in Scotland at that point in time. So the number of people that have kind of got kind of increases and just enthuses us all to kind of do that and sort of see the efforts we make. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Douglas. Could you pass the microphone on to Paul now? As some of you know, I manage the um, work Zio does in partnership with Christians Against Poverty, and we've heard some mentions of CAP in the recordings earlier. Um, we also, as well as the debt help, we run job clubs and life skills, and Paul um, runs our budget management course called CAP Money. Um, so, Paul, can you tell us a little bit about the course, please? Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, CAP Money is quite a practical course. It's about... You know, being able to develop a budget, manage that budget, balance it, and also a system for controlling and being more accountable for the way you spend money. But actually, I think the purpose is even greater than that. It's about being good stu uh, stewards of the money that yeah. God has blessed us with and, and being financially free. In fact, that's the, that's the goal. Fantastic. What, what do you get out of it, Paul, running the course? Uh, well, like all the ways that I am blessed to serve in the church, it's... it's I always feel more connected to God when I do it. You know, I feel like I'm being used, I'm being useful. Yeah. And, uh, and that's been really important in my faith throughout my time at Zio. Fantastic, thank you, thank you. Can I just take the microphone? Thank you. Now, part of the work with, with CAP, when we go out and see um, debt clients, um, it's not just one of us, we always go out in, in twos um, and we have a befriender with us um, and their job literally is to befriend the client um, and Jennifer is one of our fantastic team of befrienders and the bottom line is if we don't have enough befrienders we can't do our debt work and we are at the very low numbers at the moment with befrienders but Jennifer joined the team some little while ago um, and um, Jennifer I'd just like to ask you really what does um, befriending involve for you? Uh, for, me, for me it's more of encouraging them and giving them support because support, you find most of them are... Um, they're very, they feel very isolated. So uh, when we get there, we give them a bit of support. Um, sometimes it's not more financial, but we encourage them. And with that, you find um, they open their homes for us, they get comfortable, and they share a lot with us, and we are able to help them as a church. Fantastic. And what, what do you get out of it, Jennifer? Um, I think for me, it's to see them getting out of debt and seeing their life changing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd just like to add that through, with Jennifer's support, actually, this last week, we went to see a client for third appointment, and uh, we were praying for her at the end of the meeting, 
and she suddenly said, can you send me some details about your church and tell me how I can come along on a Sunday because I'd really like to bring the girls along. So there we go. So thanks, everybody. Back to you, John. Isn't that great? It's just wonderful to see people, you know, yeah, I do get humiliated, all right? Um, but that's something you can all pray for. But it is great to hear words like people are being encouraged. People are being, who are feeling isolated, are opening up and finding a friend. I just love the term befriender, because we all need friends. Now, I'm just going to finish very, very quickly because I think we are, time is going, is going away from us. But I just want to read from Mark chapter 10, verses 43 to 45. If you were watching the television yesterday, you may well have heard this mentioned more than once. It says this, Whoever wants to be great amongst great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served. And then he gave away his life in exchange for many who were held hostage. Isn't that lovely? That picture of service. And in our Bible, we see that individuals are so important to Jesus. Jesus stops for the one, for the one. He stops for the one. Jesus then teaches us about the one. He teaches others about the one. He engages the one and he heals the one. In other words, every one is important to Jesus. And if they're important to Jesus, if they matter to God, they should matter to us, to every single one of us. Now, we don't have to assimilate ourselves into the world, into our community. You might think that's what we should be doing, but we need to be careful. We don't have to assimilate ourselves into it. But what we mustn't do is separate ourselves from the world. We mustn't separate ourselves from the community around us and think, we're safe in here. What we must do is engage with our community. What we do when we go out is we don't go out with our Bible and go, here I am, I've come to save you. you know, you're going to be washed by the blood of the Lamb. That's not what we do. We come out because we care for you. We come out because you're lonely. We come out because you need our help. And if that then leads on to something else, wonderful. But we do it because it's the right thing to do, to care for the one. Please listen carefully to what I'm going to say now, and I mean really, really carefully to this. The only hands that God has to serve our community are yours and mine. Let me say that again. The only hands that God has to serve our community are yours and mine. The only eyes to see what is needed in our community are yours and mine.
The only eyes to see what's needed in our community are yours and mine. God has no eyes or hands but yours and mine. So we need to be asking ourselves, who shall I serve? If the worship team want to start coming up now, I just remembered that, it was in my notes. Just, it's good, isn't it? These things don't just happen, there's lots of preparation goes into this. Now look, we're soon going to go into a time of Holy Communion. Holy Communion reminds us that Jesus died for us. He came to serve and he came to show us how to serve. He came to put others before himself and that's what he calls us to do. The Bible actually says that his death was a ransom for many. You all know that. His death was a ransom for many. And as you take communion this morning, I'd like you to remember that the many includes all of us here. Isn't that wonderful? But you know what? It also includes the drug addict. It also includes alcoholics, asylum seekers, prostitutes, gamblers, divorcees, the homeless, the boat people, the chain smokers, and the bankrupts. He came for all, and he came to serve all not just us and we are his hands we are his feet and we are his eyes